You're listening to Ithaca is Music, the stories behind the songs. We are exploring the local music scene here in Ithaca, New York. Located in the Finger Lakes and home to Cornell University, this small town is full of talented musicians. We intend to ask them questions about their craft and have them perform in front of our live audience. I'm Jeff Goodmark. This week we bring you Noon 15, a band with a rich blend of vocal harmonies, vintage tones, and catchy original songs that are full of surprises. A quick note about our format, as we welcome artists to the stage, they will perform four songs. The first song they wrote or performed with their current band, a song they identify as their greatest achievement, a song their fans say is most popular, and a new song. This week's episode is sponsored by Realtor Melinda Wisser. Whether you're looking for a downtown house or a rural property, Melinda will help you find a home that makes you want to sing. If you're thinking of buying a home in Tompkins or one of the surrounding counties, let Melinda guide you through the process of becoming a homeowner. Go to RealtorMelinda.com and click on My Reviews for more information. Or you can search all of the local listings right from her site. Have a home to sell? Make sure to visit RealtorMelinda.com and request a comprehensive analysis of your home's market value. In Tompkins County and beyond, Melinda moves you. Thanks, Melinda, for supporting the local music scene. And now, let's get this show on the road to Lot 10 with our host, Victoria DeBerry. I'm Victoria DeBerry. I'm super excited to be here. I want to go around and have everybody introduce themselves and say what you're playing because people at home can't see you. I'm Mandy Goldman. I'm lead vocals and sometimes guitar. I'm Harry Nichols. I play the bass. I, uh, I'm Sam Lupowitz. I play keyboards and sang. Harry sangs too sometimes. I, uh, oh, Joe, after you, please. <laughs> I'm Joe Massa. I play guitar. I'm Phil Shea, and I play the drums. Woo, noon 15, everybody. I, um, I'm going to be this guy, but looks like two of you were here last week. Maybe, is it just me, or was that a thing? That's definitely a thing, right? Well, Joe, Joe is in my rider. That's oh, right. Every gig I play, he I need specifically colored m uh, and Joe Massa on guitar. Here's my, so here's my question for you. What is it, when you play in two different Ithaca bands... How do you compartmentalize your writing? How do you sort of keep things to one band, you know? The easy, simple answer, I guess, is this is kind of Sam's baby, so to speak. Through Spectrums is kind of my baby, so to speak. Um, each one of us is kind of leading the charge in the two different bands, so there's that. Um, the styles of music are pretty different. There's that. The instrumentation is pretty different. There's that. Um, <laughs> Sam, you want to add anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna let you keep going. I feel like I feel like no- noon fifteen is one horn section away of being from being the through spectrums in some ways. The yeah. songs are so different, though. For noon fifteen, this is the only band where you'll hear my songs. So you'll hear Harry's songs in this band in Julia Fleece and the Whiskey Crisis. So you hear a little cohesion there as well. But this is the only band I write for. 
because so many of us are good friends and, you know, this whole, not just within our bands, but this whole Ithaca scene, like, there's a lot of cross-pollination. I tried, I was telling you guys before we, we, got, we got here, I tried it so hard to figure out where Noon 15 came from. I'm sitting there, like, like frantically Googling, like, all right, I'm going to look up the Samuel B. Lipowitz, you know, Eagle, and the Eagle Band. I'm going to look up the Harry Nichols Band and try to find the connection so I can, like, be like, I know why you're called this. Literally could not find... A thing. So, can we please talk about that? Because I'm, I feel like a mad scientist right now. It's bec- there is no reason. Um, <laughs> that- Ticklesaurus Rex. We couldn't all agree on. Yeah, that we. Was the, that was the next. Let's go through band names. All right. What was the first <laughs> name that you guys wanted to be called? It's got a bad word in it. <laughs> we can. This is. It's okay. The first uh, idea was Harry's, and it was the word "fuck" was what he wanted the band to yeah. be called. Wow, um, that's very Ithaca Underground. Because we we wanted. To- <laughs> We wanted it to be, we wanted the band name not to take itself too seriously. Um, I don't think we ever took that the, one that seriously. <laughs> and then we had a lot of like video game related names as well. Ooh, what, like like Zelda and the Lepowitz? They were definitely Zelda related, um, for sure. Oh, I was going to say Halo, just like, like H-A-Y, low, you know? I don't know what. I wish so, I. We've got a list somewhere of all Harry the names that we've said. Harry wanted us to be called no. also "Hey, Listen," which is a <laughs> uh, right. quote from the fairy in Zelda, so uh, Ocarina of Time. So wow. you could have been called the the Macarenas of Time. I feel like that also could have been. Now we're just punning at this point. I'm like not mad about it. <laughs> but we're not. Yeah. Definitely but new fifteen, which <laughs> I, I've I've since justified as being it's a little late to be getting started, but there's still plenty of day left. But that's a total English major, like, retcon of where the name comes from. Ooh, yeah, but it totally works. Let's talk about the first song y'all played together, all right? Satisfy me. Question for you, was this inspired by your little romance with Sam, Sammy B over there? You know, it wasn't. I've, I've been asked that before. No, it's, well, because it's sad. It, if you really listen to the lyrics, you'll be very glad that it's not about Sam, um, the, about me and Sam, because um, it's it's not really about a person at all. It's kind of about um, any social interaction where you're giving more than you're getting, um, and when you're feeling when you feel like unrequited in any way in a social interaction it's like a weird overcompensation so you're like oh maybe if i do this 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 maybe you'll satisfy me exactly uh, so I'm, i am glad that you're not you didn't write that about him i just wanted to ask and also bring up the fact that they just got engaged this year <laughs> this seems a lot better than a stevie nicks lindsey buckingham thing i'm gonna go ahead and say that i i would hope so yes it's good yeah which is great um, and then you guys both wrote this together. So what came first, the music or the lyrics? Uh, melody and lyrics came first. Um, I wrote this song many years ago. We played it actually first. Joe, Sam, and I played it with the one gig band, Mandy Goldman and the Fat Cats. <laughs> Ooh, we should bring that back, I feel like. I, it, it could come back sometime. It would be fun. But uh, it was at a time when I could write melodies and I could sing riffs but I couldn't voice my own music um but Sam can read my mind so I brought him the song and I you know I kind of sang the riff to him and I sang the melody to him and it was just immediately 
perfect. That's amazing. That's good that he can read your mind because then he'll know when to take out the trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did this morning and I didn't even ask. Wow. <laughs> Marriage looks good on you, bro. Sorry, there we go. Ladies. So let's hear it. Let's hear the first song you guys ever played together. And uh, probably the first one you wrote together, Satisfy this Me. Is, Mandy, this is your first song, this right? This is the first song I ever wrote. Ever? A fitting, yes. yes. Oh my yes, gosh. Ever. Well, it'll definitely satisfy us, I'll tell you that. Woo!
was awesome. That was your first song? Yes. Beginner's luck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was awesome. Wow. All right. The, you were calling this the best or most inspirational song. Um, hey, cut it out, you know? I see what you I've did I've been saving there. that all day, everybody. Just want to let you know that. Let's talk about that. It's inspired by a fictional tale of murder. Who was it inspired by? Please don't say Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. No, it's not. It's it's a completely fictional murder. I don't have anybody in mind that like I was writing it about. It's about a uh, a person who um, gets called up by their ex uh, in their ex's moment of crisis, and it seems like at first like they're going to get back together, but then very very slowly over the course of the song, you realize that they are actually going to murder them, and they do murder them, and then they flee the country, and <laughs> it's kind of a random story that. Uh, it, I created spontaneously at a piano when I had um, a rare moment to just sort of sit and write a song. Now, did for you, was it the melody that inspired your lyrics or was it the story in your head that inspired the melody? No, it was music first, story like just dead last. And when it came to like writing the lyrics and coming up with the story, I just let any old crazy idea fly and I didn't really say no to anything. It takes you kind of on a journey and it's not as lifetime movie as it sounds, which is, so how did you navigate that? Were you trying to create something that, that's sort of oddly juxtaposed to one another? Yeah, that was a big part of it. I really wanted to make uh, a ha very happy sounding song that was about something really horrific. And, uh, and also just my whole approach to Noon 15 versus the other music projects that I do is very much about like pop, like pop and vocal pop and then what else after that? How would you happens. define pop and vocal pop for you? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge, like, Beach Boys fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Heard. yeah. Uh, Brian Wilson is a god to me. And uh, so... Oh, it, to a lot of people, really. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like, the first record I ever owned was the Beach Boys. And, uh, and it's just completely shaped my thinking. So I f first I think of that. Of course, I think of the Beatles. And so it's, like, lots of 60s, um, like, pop references that, that come to mind. That's amazing. Well, let's let's see if we can name all the references. We're gonna hear Dave uh, Coulier by, by the New Fifteen. I'm bringing out the worst in you. You're making all my worst shine through. So what am I to do? About your best in Malibu.
in the library with the candlestick, wasn't it? It was. Right, Harry? It was. You got me. I thought it was Miss Scarlet, but it was Colonel Mustard. It was Uncle Joey. Cut it out. All right. Uh, That was awesome. So, Phil, I have a question for you. Shoot. When you have sort of a song like that where it's changing styles of music and you... How do you um, navigate that? Well, uh... I, I just love it for one, um, but uh, you know, you know, with a song like that, as a drummer, it's really exciting. I mean, really, as a musician in general, but you, uh, you know, it can get really boring just sticking to one genre, you know, and you feel like you've beat it to death, and it's like, ah, I got to do something else. And so, having you know some transitions in songs, or you're bouncing from genre to genre, just keeps it interesting and really fun. So, have you always been their drummer? I have not always been their drummer, believe it or not. Phil is the newest member of our band. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. We are so 
ecstatically, unbelievably happy to have him. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something negative after that. I thought it was gonna be like, we're excited, no. but you know, we're we're generally a pretty positive group. I would say it's very true. Even when you're negative, you're still positive. Like the song we just heard. Like, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Put a pos- positive spin on. That's murder. right. That's right. They belittle me with a smile on their faces, and I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, you know this is a fairly new band for me, and it's it's amazing because uh, if if anybody knows the people that make up this band just as people, they're fantastic. So having the opportunity to uh, play music with them is really it's really a dream come true. Oh, you guys. Oh. Phil. I promised myself I wasn't gonna cry. Oh. <laughs> I really think I, I just I have to say it once. I really think this band became what we thought it was gonna be when Phil joined. Yeah. Oh my God. This. I've listened to the song like four times in the past day, I would say. Um, this is your most popular song, and I, and I understand why. Um, it's Hang Me Out to Dry. So can you describe to me sort of your writing process and how, how it, when you write something like that with, when you're in a band with someone you're in a relationship with, how do you open yourself up to that knowing that this song is about that person that you're singing with? I've actually been, I'm, I'm actually have been excited to talk about this because I haven't really talked about it ever, but... Um, when I wrote this song, was like a really dark time for me. It was a very difficult time for me. So I had just quit grad school. I was like very much like, what the hell am I doing? And at that time, while I was deciding to quit grad school and right after, Sam was on tour a lot. Like he was gone like three to four days a week. And it was really, really tough. Like it was just tough not to have my, my support system there. I was like, what if I just really dig in to that feeling of fear and uncertainty? Not just about like, it was mostly about like my own life, but it like manifested itself in the fact that like my partner was gone a lot and it was hard. And I was like, I'm gonna take this to the furthest extent I can take it and I'm gonna write this song about it. So it's like, I was never really scared that Sam wasn't gonna walk in the door again because I knew he was, but the part there was like this deep down part of me that was like, but what if he doesn't? Agreed. So, so then, when you brought this to them, what did you bring? Did you have? Did you have music? Did you just have your, you know, your vocal line? Um, so I sang the melody into my phone in a key that I thought would work. Sam was out of town, and I wasn't sure when we were going to get a chance to sit down. I was like, I'm gonna bring this to Joe, and we're gonna figure it out together. So I brought this demo, and I. I just sat down and I just sang it and played it at Joe. Joe really cemented the song and then Sam added some chordal structures when he got back. Something I really appreciate about the song is how raw and how vulnerable it is, even though it is very well composed and and polished. It's almost like you're struggling to find your feeling and like your footing, but also you can hear that when your voice runs. Yes. (laughs) It's super cool to hear that, but also with this concrete structure of like, I know that... I'm safe and I'm fine, but I still need to have this. It's a lovely little metaphor for this band. I'm very scared when I'm up here in front of the microphone and being a front woman. It's very frightening for me. No matter what happens with me, these guys got it. So That's great. Well, let's hear it. Hang me up to dry. It's late in the evening 
outside my window pane I'm searching at you but I know what's true my window's only good for looking through and I I want to know the answers to when you're coming when you leave again staring at the door but i don't know what for cause you're not coming home to me no more but i'm
That's a beautiful guitar, might I say. A birthday present from my loving fiance. Woo! And he takes out the trash. Wow. Wow, lock him down before I do. Whoa. Wow. It was a band collaboration, though, because Phil stored it at his house. Yeah, I did. Before I knew about it. I did. I like to do a small piece and take way more credit. You know what I mean? You are a drummer, so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Shots fired. Shots fired. Mandy, who do you model your style after? You know, say you're, now you have a guitar, and that's like a, almost like a little bit of a barrier between you and the audience. But when you don't have an instrument between you, who are some of those people that you look after with your movements, with your connectivity, and how you present yourself? I would be totally lying if I said that uh, Rachel Price wasn't a huge part of what I do. She's like my, the person that I watch uh, the most, I would say. And for people who don't know, can you describe? Uh, yes, she's the front, the front woman of Lake Street Dive, um, which is sort of our, uh, Sam and my favorite band, so it's a lot of our songwriting influence in this band. Um, so we try to just like take those bits and pieces that feel like us from that music that we love and make it a part of our music. As a front woman, she probably moves around a little less than I do. <laughs> uh, maybe Grace Potter is another one. Oh, she's, yeah. Because she, she's so active on stage and she's so in it and that's just like, I love that. And number one, probably Sharon Jones. <laughs> she's, she puts on a real show. There's, I feel like there's a difference between being in it and also performing. So finding that balance, I'm sure, I mean, all y'all, you, you can like do your movements and whatever, but if you're not in it, you're just performing. This is the next one we're going to is actually your newest one. Um, you play guitar, and is this the first song that you've played guitar on with this band, like, out? This one I wrote on guitar a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and uh, after that, it came naturally for me to play guitar on it because that was a big part of the demo was what I was playing, so... Let's talk about where you were when you wrote this song. It seems very similar to the spot you were at, actually, for the first song you played, which is Satisfy Me. As a musician and somebody who's in the spotlight, you have a weird relationship with the spotlight. You have control over what's going on right now, but when, when it's just a social interaction, it's very different. What did you bring to the song when you wrote it? Yeah, I think all of my songs are about anxiety. Weird relationship with the spotlight is absolutely right. I, I say sometimes to my bandmates that I think... My best moments are in rehearsal because I love to sing. Singing is my favorite thing in the whole world. The crowd freaks me out, though. So um, so this song, though, is more of a social anxiety song. Um, you know when you did something, you said something you regret and you dwell on it? No, never. <laughs> That's what this song is. Um, it's about like those moments when you say or don't say something and then you just can't get that moment out of your head and it keeps replaying it's what if I had said the thing that I should have said did you write this on the guitar first yes um I wrote this at two in the morning and I wrote it in like a half hour Ooh, so the, the vomit songs that yeah just like, it just Bleh. came right out and I just was like you know what this has I have to just let it go and I just sent it to Harry and was like this is a song is it 
okay. And he was like, yes, let's do it. That's amazing. So if you're scared of the crowd, what part of you comes up to have that conversation? Because I find that performing is a bit of a conversation with the people that you're having with. So do you just let that barrier down as soon as the music starts? Or is it something that you're just constantly working with? Oh, I'm constantly working with it all the time. It's a hurdle, but it's also, it helps sometimes. It gives you that fire, you know, to work hard. And it's very good for me in this band to have people that I'm really comfortable with because it just really helps me with that like the safety net almost yeah yeah what about you sam do you struggle with that that whole concept of <laughs> mandy's shaking her head i'm a big ham yeah i love this is this is the thing i i would do if there were nothing else motivating the, the, me to the do yin that. to your yang i like it but i, I like also it. look it's easy for me to say like i've been a front person but i always like i have like walls of stuff to hide behind like i i kind of go into my own thing i it's been a long time since i've just been in a position where i'm staring out and looking at everyone, and I've, I've sort of, consciously or not, I've, I've gotten myself into a spot where I can sort of do my thing but not have to worry so much what's happening out there. What about you, Harry? Sorry, the question is... Basically... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about uh, tacos. Solo. And, and, uh, <laughs> Dude, that's like at least top three things I'm thinking about all the time. Yeah, You're talking sure. and I'm thinking about tacos, tacos honestly. Tacos and solo. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't be. This is the other thing he does to practice being a bass Ithaca player. It's a guy is tacos, bro. Sure. So basically when you're when you're singing in front of people yeah. and you're not thinking about tacos, how right. do you navigate sort of being a front man and like having the conversation with people also being nervous? Believe it or not, based on that display, I have a tendency to zone out. And <laughs> especially on stuff that I'm really very familiar with. And that's when I find myself getting into trouble. So I try to make sure that the material that I'm playing is exciting enough for me that... Um, I am, you know, I'm constantly in it. I'm like really, really present. And that's when I find that I do the best. What about you, Phil? So you're, you're, I'm sure getting stagnant is probably a thing you have to worry about all the time, right? Yeah. You know, um, it's, it helps me when I'm just focused on the fun of it. You know, if you stop focusing on the fun of it, that's when you get in your head and that's when your heart starts pounding and you just can't, you know, you just can't get out of that. I feel like it's a trap and. Focus on the fun, and it, it really slope. helps to like just be silly with your bandmates beforehand. You know? That's true, and after, yeah. and during, and always. We're so a this, right. band. So this is a silly segue into a serious song, I would say. Um, let's let's hear it. Let's hear "Scared to" with Mandy on guitar, everybody. I stayed up listening to you. I stayed up listening, though I didn't want to. Yes, I could have. Yes, I could
All right. Oh, let's hear it one more time for Noon 15, everybody. The song is called Dinosaurs. It was written by Sam Lupowitz over here. For the rest of this set and the unabridged multicam video, please visit IthacaIsMusicPodcast.com. For more information about today's awesome band, Noon 15, go to Noon15.com. Support for Ithaca Is Music comes from Realtor Melinda Wisser. Ithaca Is Music is produced by me, Jeff Goodmark, and John Carter of New Vine Records. To learn more about John and his amazing studio, go to NewVineRecords.com. Our video is recorded and produced by Jonathan Hochberg of Finger Lakes Music Press at fingerlakesmusicpress.com and our website is hosted and maintained by 14850.com. Additional contributions come from Ari Kisloff and Mark Anbinder with support from Matt Reese and Justin McGuire of Lot 10. Our live sound engineer is Dan Cole. Live artwork provided by Maura McDermott and you can follow her on Instagram at Maura McDermott. During each one of our performances, she is painting what becomes the album cover for each episode on our Bandcamp page. A very special thanks goes out to our host, Victoria DeBerry. You can peek into her crazy life on Instagram at V2B Music. That's V-E-E-D-A-B-E-E Music. Next time on Ithaca is Music, we bring you Mijel Martinez. He plays original songs, many of which are in the style of classic Mexican folk tunes. And remember, counting stars by candlelight, all are dim, but one is bright. The spiral light of Venus, rising first and shining best. Perfectamente una representación de toda mi herida. Compartimos la guanada.